Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Vekta Chandra Jaya Gauravakta Vrinda Jaya Vekta Chandra Jaya Gauravakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Vikta Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Vikta Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Vrinda Good morning, everyone. This morning we're reading from Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita of Krishnadas Kaviraj, uh, the Antyalila. This is chapter 16, The Lord Tastes Nectar. And uh, the verse written for us to chant is verse 98, is that right? Krishna J. Bhuktashesha. Okay, I was told we were starting with verse 50, um, but um, why not 98? It's all nectar. Uh, I don't know how prepared I was. <laughs> that was that's another matter. Uh, but let's see. Oh, you did discuss. Oh, I see. Well, then, uh, let's go with 98 and see where it takes us. <clears throat> yeah. Krishna Jai Bhukta Shesha Tara Pela Nam Krishna Jai Bhukta Shesha Tara Pela Nam Kalava Jepai She Bhagavan Tara Ekalava Jepai She Bhagavan Krishna Jebhukta She Shatara Pelanam Tara Ekalavaja Pai Shri Bhagavan Krishna of Lord Krishna Jay whatever Bhukta Shesham Remnants of food. Taram of that. Pelanama. The name is Pela. 
Translation, remnants left by Krishna are called Pela. Anyone who obtains even a small portion must be considered very fortunate. Hmm. It's interesting, we don't find this word Pela in our communities. We, we don't talk about Krishna Pela, do we? Krishna Prasanam, yes, but Krishna Pela, this is interesting. Okay, this chapter, uh, there's a lot of discussion about Prasadam in this chapter, uh, which is called The Lord Tastes Nectar. And I should back up a little to get some context for those of us who were not here last <laughs> Sunday. Um, yes, let's, I'll, I'll just go to verse, um, verse 93, and from there. To Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the prasadam tasted millions upon millions of times better than nectar, and thus he was fully satisfied. The hair all over his body stood on end, and incessant tears flowed from his eyes. Imagine having, having that response to taking prasada. Hairs, your hair standing on end, and incessant tears flowing from your eyes. That would be something. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu considered, where has such a taste in this prasadam come from? Certainly, it is due to its having been touched by the nectar of Krishna's lips. Um, I believe he's taking prasadam uh, from Lord Jagannath. Is that right? Yeah. So he's in Puri and he's taking Jagannath Prasadam. How many of you have been in Jagannath Puri? And you've had Jagannath Prasadam. If you've been in Puri and you didn't take Jagannath Prasadam, there was something seriously wrong <laughs> with your journey to Puri. <clears throat> Did you know that when you take Jagannath Prasad, you should not be sitting on any asana? You're supposed to be, bow down, mister. You're supposed to be on, on, the, on the ground, basically. That's what I heard. Um, okay, where was I? Uh, understanding this, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu felt an emotion of ecstatic love for Krishna, but... Upon seeing the servants of Lord Jagannath, he restrained himself. 
The Lord said again and again, only by great fortune may one come by a particle of the remnants of food offered to the Lord. The servants of the Jagannath temple inquired, what is the meaning of this? Uh, and there's a short purport in which Prabhupada quotes the verse, which you all know, Mahaprasade Govinde Namne Brahmani Vaishnave Svalpapunya Vatangrajan Vishvaso Naivajayate. Persons who are not very highly elevated in pious activities cannot believe in the remnants of food, prasadam of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, nor in Govinda, the holy name of the Lord, nor in the Vaishnavas. Um, then, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, these are remnants of food that Krishna has eaten and thus turned to nectar with his lips. It surpasses heavenly nectar, and even such demigods as Lord Brahma find it difficult to obtain. Uh, this is one, <laughs> one particular uh, feature of um, our culture of prasadam, which in a sense differs uh, from what might be a more traditional understanding in India. Um, we always have, you know, plates of prasadam, full, full plates, if not buckets. Um, um, we have, you know, mountains of halava, and um, at least when we are younger, we have this, and so on. We have lots of, we have no lack, uh, no sense of lack of prasadam. Mm -hmm. But the uh, traditional idea is if you can just get a little morsel of this prasadam, you're, you're in, you're good. You're back home, back to Godhead, basically. Uh, and so it's, it's honored as a very special and rare thing. We, because we get the big quantities, we might not appreciate in the same way. I remember one time I was in Jaipur um, at uh, the Radha Govinda Dev temple. And uh, I, after darshan, I went to the little booth on the left side from the, from the altar. There's a place uh, where you can buy prasadam. So I purchased something uh, for a few rupees. And I sort of just turned around, and there was a whole crowd standing around me with their hands out. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was kind of doubly amazed. Uh, I was amazed at their appreciation of prasadam, of course, but also, I was struck by the fact that here they were appreciating uh, to receive prasadam even from an outsider, even from 
you know, a mlecha <laughs> from someone uh, not of the, we say, Vedic tradition, that was not a problem for them, it seems. So they were all there as eager as, as ever to get a morsel of prasad. So that prasad, which I thought I was getting, I was by myself, uh, I was alone, and I thought, I'm getting, you know, one ladu I will have as my breakfast. But no, <laughs> it was not to be. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Mahaprabhu says, uh, these are remnants of food that Krishna has eaten and thus turned to nectar with his lips. It surpasses heavenly nectar, and even such demigods as Lord Brahma find it difficult to obtain. You may wonder, why would Lord Brahma find it difficult to obtain? Um, good question. Why would he find it difficult? You'd think he's controller of the universe. He can get prasad anytime he wants, but apparently not. And then we just read, uh, remnants left by Krishna are called Pela. Anyone who obtains even a small portion, lava, must be considered very fortunate. Um, I guess we're very fortunate. Are we feeling fortunate? Uh, one who is only ordinarily fortunate cannot obtain such mercy. Only persons who have the full mercy of Krishna can receive such remnants. Okay, one, one um, maybe a footnote more than anything else, is this word prasadam. Uh, we, we like this word. Um, <laughs> we are prasadam religion, kitchen religion. Uh, the word prasada, and we often pronounce it prashad because we like to sound Bengali. Uh, uh, Sanskrit would be prasada. And uh, this comes from sada, but uh, with pra as a strengthening prefix. And it has a broad sense of clearness. Clearness, or brightness, or calmness. Um, and from that, then, we get a sense of satisfaction. So, satisfaction of the Lord. Or uh, graciousness. Uh, or kindness. It can also mean kindness and favor. And now we're starting to get closer to what we understand from what we like to put in our mouths that kind of prasadam. It's the favor of the Lord. But we all know it has this broader sense also of satisfaction. And we, we sing every morning, yasya prasada, bhagavat prasado, yasya prasada, nagati kutopi. Uh, um, by satisfying the devotee, the, the guru, the spiritual master, the Lord is satisfied and the inverse is also the case. Not satisfying guru, um, good luck. Uh, satisfying the Lord. So that idea of, um, of favor of the Lord, uh, the, the broader sense, which we want to obtain, certainly, and which is no ordinary 
thing we also understand to be fortune. Mm. Um, well, let's see. Uh, do we want to go further or do we want... Okay, let's go further. Sukriti Shabde. Okay, now he's going to talk about uh, this idea of mm, Sukriti. Sukriti Shabde Kahe Krishna Kripa Hetu Punya Se Janro Hoi Pela Pai Se Danya. The word Sukriti refers to pious activities performed by the mercy of Krishna. One who is fortunate enough to obtain such mercy receives the remnants of the Lord's food and thus becomes glorious. So this is all spoken by Lord Chaitanya and uh, sort of ending this section we may say, uh, it goes on to say after saying this, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu bade farewell he said goodbye to all the servants, after, uh, that is, the servants of Lord Jagannath. After seeing the next offering of food to Lord Jagannath, a function known as Uppalaboga, he returned to his own quarters. Uh, as we know, Jagannath likes to eat. Uh, it's said that he receives how many uh, food offering. I don't know how many food offerings. It's uh, he, he does uh, receive this fifty-six mm, preparations. Whether those are spread over the day or whether they're in one offering, I'm not sure. We need a we need a Jagannath expert to tell us these details. But uh, Lord Jagannath likes to eat. In fact, that's the special kind of service that's done for the Lord in his form as Jagannath. Um, if you have deities at home of Jagannath, and if you're not feeding them a lot, <laughs> uh, that may explain any troubles you're having in your life. In any case, um, Jagannath, he, he is the Jagatnata. He is the Lord uh, of the Jagat. Uh, and as such, uh, this is his, his special inclination. And we get a lot of discussion in the Chaitanya Charitamrita about food, about prasadam, especially about eating, spiritual eating. <laughs> Um, it's one of the major components of uh, devotional life for the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. It's hard for us to imagine life without prasadam, isn't it? I mean, put everything together that we have in our devotional lives, and subtract prasadam, from that, uh, and how many how many devotees are left in the temple? <laughs> uh, prasadam is what sustains us physically. Of course, we understand. In fact, 
Um, this is the resolve of the Vaishnava. I will only eat uh, food which is offered to the Lord. That is uh, one of the, not exactly austerities. It's an austerity in a sense, but it's not an austerity. It's a nice austerity. It's a sweet, it's a, it's a nectar austerity. Um, that resolve is there. And this is, um, this practice of, of, uh, of devotion, of prasad seva, is so much celebrated in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, so many pastimes have to do with prasadam, uh, including um, there are pastimes, whether here or in the Bhagavatam or related literature, I'm thinking of uh, the, the pastime, the, the sort of uh, activity that's sometimes done with prasadam, namely hiding prasadam. <laughs> Have you ever hidden prasadam because you were hoarding it? You were hoarding prasadam. I know you were hoarding prasadam sometime in your life. Confess. Yeah. So um, you wanted all the nectar for yourself. Well, that was, that was not the case of Sudama Brahmana. He brought um, some, something which wasn't particularly uh, how to say, it wasn't considered something very special. It was just some, some what, chipped rice, some broken flat rice or chipped rice, which it wasn't even from his household. It was from his, uh, his, his wife went out and begged it from the neighbors. And then this small amount that he managed uh, to, to get from his wife uh, small enough that he could roll it up into some cloth and put in, put in his, in his dhoti. You wouldn't even notice it. And he was really kind of embarrassed about this as he went to see Lord Krishna. His interest was to see Lord Krishna. Uh, and he practically forgot about having this, this, this moga offering with him. But uh, Rupnidi Devi knew. <laughs> she saw through uh, the, the situation. She said, you have brought something, I believe. Yes? Yes. Come on. Out with it. And so uh, he produces, he brings out, and uh, Krishna takes a morsel, and then what does Rup Rupnidi Devi do? said, that's enough. That's enough. You've had enough, Krishna. If you take any more, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> Why is that going to be a problem? Because then the obligation that you, or rather I, have to him is going to be too much to manage. So that's enough. Uh, another example of hiding prasadam, of course, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, we're all familiar with, uh, is uh, Chirachora, Gopinath's hiding of prasadam. 
Kuliya actually is the name that's given to that particular preparation. How many of you have been to Remuna? And don't tell me you went to Remuna and you did not take the Kuliya offering prasadam? No, of course not. Um, if you've not been to Remuna, 50% of your life is wasted. <laughs> The nectar of this Kulia offering, I can vouch, is very, very, very special. Would you agree, Maharaj? Would you say so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's more than very special. <laughs> I have spoken inadequately. <laughs> yeah. So, and we know that story, Chira Chora, uh, Gopinad, has acted as a thief. Uh, in what way was he a thief? I mean, what did he do, really? He didn't. I mean, what did he do? The, the offering that was made uh, by the priest, we could say it wasn't at all Gopinath's fault that one of the pots of, of this Kulia uh, was remained. It could be just that the, the priest was, you know, he was spaced out. He, he, he didn't count. I mean, come on. You, you have 12 pots, I think it was 12, uh, that he offered. Uh, surely he should have counted when he took them off the altar. One, two, three, four. It's not very difficult, but he seems to have spaced out. Or, the Lord arranged for him to be spaced out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can't blame the priest, right? It could be that the priest had other things on his mind. Um, what did he have on his mind? We can only speculate, but maybe, maybe he should have been more focused on his service, but maybe he had some concern. His family management, who knows what? Uh, but in any case, uh, Gopinath received this reputation as being a thief. Just for taking, just for letting one pot, not telling his priest, hey, you forgot one pot, until later. He told him, he woke him up, he, he dreamed, he woke up, and so on. You forgot one, one of the pots. And of course, there's another thing that goes on, speaking of theft, uh, well, we can say it, and this is another feature of prasadam, sometimes it gets stolen. Did you ever have prasadam? Did you ever steal prasadam? Come on, confess. Truth, let's get the truth. You have stolen prasadam sometime, I know. Um, Yes, this is, this is authorized theft, I have to say, speaking from the Vyasa Sun. Um, it, is, it is bona fide uh, in certain circumstances. We have to be careful. We can't always generalize completely. Um, but the, the general point of prasadam is that it is something special. Uh, it is 
mercy. It is uh, the subs. It is a vehicle. Even anthropologists will say this. Prasadam is a vehicle uh, for uh, exchanges of love. Now, if we think about this, what I want to suggest is we go a step further and think about the whole cycle. You know, we, we, we're fortunate here. We have this amazing garden uh, developing here. Uh, we also have amazing cows, one of whom, Bhumi Devi, gives lots of milk. Uh, so fortunate we are. And yet, I think, in recent months, if not the last couple of years, we started thinking, gosh, uh, we need to really think more seriously about, um, you know, providing, uh, providing uh, for ourselves, being independent of, of the, um, the global food situation, the global food system. Um, I always wonder um, when when there's you know some some pineapple, for example, in the prasadam. I think, wow, this is really nice. It's, did we grow this here? <laughs> mm, no. Uh, where did the pineapple come from? I don't know. Came from the shop, and. Uh, how did the shop get it? The shop also doesn't know. <laughs> you know. It came from somewhere on the other side of the planet. Oh, very nice. How did it get here? Well, it came by ship. Right. Was it a sailboat? No, I don't think it was a sailboat. I think it was a, you know, a, sh a ship that runs on oil. Oh, it was on oil. Interesting. Wonder how long we're going to have this oil available before the price goes through the ceiling, um, and so we 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 think uh, and reflect on and wonder and maybe we do something also about it. That uh, could we do more growing of uh, of the food which we offer to Krishna ourselves and. I'm, I'm inclined to think that uh, the more we can do that, the more we will appreciate uh, just how fortunate we are to have that prasada. Um, I think devotees, devotees I've heard from, and I have to say it's like that, not that I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about it, I'm not doing it, so... What can this guy say? But uh, I, uh, devotees who grow their own food and then offer it to Krishna, they say, this is very special. Huh? Isn't it? These tomatoes, this cauliflower, I, it's grown in my garden. Um, it sometimes doesn't quite work out, the gardening with, with the best of intentions. I always remember... Um, Mother Vishaka Devi telling how years ago she was 
living at the Sharanagati farm in um, three hours out from Vancouver. And uh, she and her husband had a, had a nice little garden there in the country. It's very wild country, there's big forests. And uh, she, she was growing carrots. And one evening she looked at her carrot garden. She said, tomorrow I'm going to harvest the carrots. She came out the next morning to harvest her carrots, only to find that they had all, every carrot had already been harvested by the bears. Oh. Hare Krishna. So that also can happen, um, which would cause one to think more about how fortunate one is. <laughs> if one can grow something to harvest it before the bears get it, to offer it to give to Krishna, uh, to offer to Krishna that, how, how wonderful that tastes. Um, this is to think in broader terms of the cycle of food, how, how you know, everything uh, is so much uh, dependent, our lives are dependent on food. And of course, Krishna speaks about a cosmic cycle involving food in Bhagavad Gita, Annad-Bhavanti-Bhutani, Parjanyat Annasambhavan Yagya Bhavati Parjanyo Yagya Karma Samudbhava Karma Brahma Bhavam Vidhi Brahmakshara Samudbhavam Tasmat Sarvagatam Brahma Nityam Yagye Pratishtitam. He says that Yagya is always situated in transcendence and through Yagya Anna. Uh, which Prabhupada translates as food grains, is ultimately coming. Uh, we, we know that, we're familiar with that, and we conclude, therefore, okay, yagya, what is our yagya? Sankirtan yagya. Absolutely true, no doubt about it. And I would suggest, um, it's nice, I think, that we think more about uh, something which Prabhupada not only thought about, but spoke a lot about, and that is the importance of farming. Um, that as communities we want to develop uh, the whole cycle from beginning to end, uh, and back to the beginning again. <laughs> Krishna says then in the next verse, evam pravartitam chakram na anavartayati haya agayur indriya ramo mogam partas sajivati. A person lives jivati moga uh, uselessly unless one is engaged in that cycle, pravartita uh, chakra. Uh, not anavartayati, if one is not mm, pr pr involved and engaged in that cycle, then uh, it doesn't look good for one's human existence. Um, I'll just uh, maybe come to an end with 
a nice three, uh, nice quotes, uh, mm, which give us another mm, insight into the mood of the devotee who is not receiving prasadam but is offering prasadam, is offering bhoga. Uh, uh, it's, it's nice to hear that uh, there's going to be a nice prasadam hall here. Uh, the, 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 the prasadam tent is going to be transformed in mystical ways into a real prasadam hall or bhojanalaya as it can also be called. Um, and what is facilitating that, we understand this entire cycle, uh, the center of which is not which but whom is Krishna himself. And we want to remember as we're offering uh, food boga, uh, as we call it to Krishna, the mood in which we want to offer. And so these verses give us a very nice idea of how we might uh, make such offering. Uh, these verses come from uh, Śrīla Rūpa Goswāmī's Padyāvali, and they are quoted mm, in the mm, Padati, the daily service uh, procedure of the Radharaman temple in Vrindavan. So in their temple, uh, their pujaris are um, are directed to uh, to recite these verses. I'll just uh, read the translations in English. O enemy of Mura, Krishna, that love which is invested in the food offered by Vidura to you, in the things offered by Kunti, which is contained in the food offered by the residents of Raja on top of Govarda, which is in the flat rice offered by Sudama, which is in the breast milk of Yashoda, which is in the 56-item offering of Bharatvaj Muni, which is in the offering of berries by the tribal woman, which is in the nectar of the Vraj milkmaid's lips, which is in the food offered by the wives of the Yagnyak Brahmins, kindly imbue my offering to you with such love. So it's a nice uh, reflection, memory, connection of the, the mood in which all these devotees uh, are offering, making offerings to Krishna, and the prayer is, may my offering similarly have such love. It's nice, isn't it? Um, shall I read it then? Yes. O enemy of Mura, as you found pleasure in the devotion of the Brahmin's wives, in the delicacies offered by Vidura, in the milk of the Raja's cows, in the offering found in the open fist of your friend Sudama, in the breast of Yashoda, 
in the nectar offered by the girls of Raja, so may you be pleased with this gift. So this is kind of the same prayer, but uh, shifting the attention to Krishna's pleasure. And then finally, may the pleasure you find in the milk offered by Shyamala, the sweets offered by Kamala, the laddu offered by Bhadra, and the nectar offered by Somaba, who is Somaba, that's Chandravali. Uh, may this nectar be had by you a hundredfold in my offering placed before you, prepared under the order of Radha. So the mood is, I'm preparing this under the order of Radha, and because I'm preparing under the order of Radha, it is being blessed by her, and so it should be pleasing to you, O Lord, um, and, and as it will be pleasing to you, then you may be so kind to possibly leave some of it, just a little, little remnant for us. Don't be surprised if one day you make a boga offering to the Lord and you make your nice prayers and so on and then after, and then you go some uh, separate place so the Lord can eat peacefully with his associates and then after some time you come back. Don't be surprised if the plate is empty. Don't be angry. What, Krishna, you left, you didn't leave anything for me. No, you should be most joyful. The Lord has accepted my offering. <laughs> now, if it's all there on the plate, just as you left it, you may have a doubt. <laughs> Did Krishna actually accept my offering? Prabhupada reassures us, yes. Krishna is so kind. He has uh, accepted that offering. Why? Because you've offered it with love, with devotion, bhaktya, patram ushpam palantoyam yome bhaktya prayachati tadaham bhaktyu paritam. Ashnami, Krishna says, I will accept it. Ashnami. He actually says, I will eat, I will consume. Um, but he consumes and then he leaves it all there uh, for us as well. And that's the kindness of the Lord. What we're reading here is that we should, um, and we maybe occasionally need this re reminder, how fortunate we are. Um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was feeling himself, he is God himself, he was feeling so fortunate that the hairs on his body were standing on end as he was taking Jagannath Prasada. Jagannath Prasadam ki jai, Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki jai, Hare Krishna. Any further comments, prasadam meditations?
it's um, it's uh, a time of day when devotees start to think about more than just thinking about prasadam, but uh, in any case, any, any, yes, yes, sir, your good name? Uh, Jayarawa. Jayarawa? Um, I was wondering, the, the, because you spoke also about the farm communities, mm-hmm. um, and we saw a boom at one point, and we see like ups and downs, mm-hmm. like that's the future, what, what, what can we learn from the past and what... That. <laughs> Start over. <laughs> huh? No, it's nice if you speak in the mic. What can we learn from... Oh, I thought you were going to say something more. Uh, So what can we learn from the past uh, experiences of our uh, society as a whole regarding farms? I think there's a lot to learn, and one of the first lessons we have is uh, to be a little humble and recognize that um, there are persons all many persons who are really knowledgeable about farming and we can learn from them. <laughs> we have a tendency to think, oh, because we know Krishna, therefore we know everything. It says in Bhagavad Gita, one who knows Krishna knows everything. Therefore I know all about farming because I know Krishna. <laughs> yes. But because you know everything, because you know Krishna, you therefore also know to ask someone (laughs) who has specialized knowledge about uh, a particular uh, practice, um, one of which is farming. And so I think this is an area we can learn a lot about from a lot of experienced people. That's one thing. A second thing we can learn uh, is to be a little more cautious and to plan uh, a little more carefully. Um, A lot of what we've seen, some of what we've seen in the past in farm development has been uh, without careful planning and uh, Lots of enthusiasm, perhaps, but not so much planning. And uh, that can, you know, farming is farming is long term, and uh, it's it's actually um, it's a science, it's an art. Uh, from what I see, it's it's a skill which takes a lot of it takes a lot of meditation. Uh, to do to do it right, gardening, farming, caring for cows, uh, all these things takes lots of attention. It's not it's not just you know okay now we're gonna have a farm and now we will plant people on the farm to farm. Um, doesn't quite work that way. So a lot of what we've seen in the past uh, has been somewhat rajasic 
and uh, we want to become more sattvic. But as you as you mentioned, there's been ups and downs, and uh, there's, uh, I believe, something of an upward trend now, mm, developing uh, with a more thoughtful and careful uh, process of development. Whether it's fast enough is also a, a question, though. Um, and it may vary from one place to another. Uh, there is this um, sort of, uh, I don't know what, what it's called, not a resolution, but there is this directive or something from the GBC that we should be uh, seeing how to come to the point where we can have sufficient um, go raksha, care of cows, that we can have uh, all the milk for for the deities coming from our own cows. And so we're working on that. Uh, the um, Ministry for Cow Protection and Agriculture uh, is working, is quite focused on it. Um, and I'm trying also to help here in Europe and other devotees. It's a, it's a process, and it's very nice to see we have this uh, beautiful barn here now uh, for the cows. Fifteen cows capacity, I understand. Uh, so that's, that's a nice step forward. Yeah. There's a, there's a ministry that's looking into all of this. Earlier there was no such thing as a ministry, and uh, there's ministry has a minister, and <laughs> uh, the minister, I think, is very qualified in this way. Um, but it's, it's ongoing work. There are uh, conferences of the ministry that happen, um, and... Yeah, various programs are developing, including uh, courses. So the first course that's now almost ready is uh, a course in Goshala management. Uh, if anybody's interested in learning how to manage a Goshala, there is a course, and it will soon be launched. Um, there is then a more general course, a more introductory course in uh, the culture of cow protection, meant for a you know wider um, congregation and so on. Um, and uh, these these things are coming. Only time is separating, as, as Ramphand would say. So it's nice to also be thinking in that direction, uh, rather than just sort of thinking everything is the way it is, uh, and we simply uh, depend on the supermarkets and so on. What if we think in a different way, uh, which, as I'm um, suggesting, Prabhupada was quite yeah, some would say he was adamant. You know this word, adamant? 
especially uh, in the la- later part of his presence with us, he was adamant on this point. Uh, so, yeah, better late than never. We can go in this direction. Uh, there's a lot of also literature um, on the broader subject of uh, world economy in the context of what we're seeing happening in terms of climate change and so on. And one book that I'm reading now is called A Small Farm Future, uh, with a long subtitle, but it's, it's a very analytical, well-researched uh, book by a scholar who is also a farmer, <laughs> so he's not just, you know, ivory tower, but he's talking from experience, and he's avoiding very carefully the sort of romanticism, uh, which is often the, the tone of a lot of this sort of writing, that, oh, how wonderful, we will all just have small farms, and, and we will see Mr. and Mrs. Farmer smiling into the camera uh, with the pitchfork, you know, that painting. Uh, so not that sort of romanticism. It's, it's very analytical uh, about just how and why uh, small farms really do seem to be uh, the future for this planet. And what that means, the author explains, is there's going to have to be more work. Farm work is work. <laughs> Panduvijaya is nodding, you know, knowing well what we're talking about. <laughs> but he said it's not going to be slave, it doesn't have to be slavery, it doesn't have to be drudgery. If it's done intelligently, it can actually be very nice and inspiring. Yes, Now we get on the farm topic. <laughs> I remember maybe 20, 25 years ago, there was there were reports all around the world how deities were drinking milk. Literally, that milk was disappearing from cups. Um, I think even from Iskand temples. Do you um, know something more about it? Or? I can say only that that's a very interesting sociological phenomenon. <laughs> that suddenly this seemed to be the case. Um, Krishna may have been playing along with some desire of some people, of many people, uh, to assure, to reassure that this is, that indeed he is accepting offerings. Uh, and so if Krishna wants to make that happen, I believe the whole story began with some Ganesh deity, and someone was spooning uh, milk in. Um, yeah, I never uh, really got into that. Um, I, th- I thought it was an interesting sociological phenomenon, personally. <laughs> Because it started with one person, and then suddenly it's all over the world. Seeing this, okay, nice, why not? Hare Krishna.
Ayurveda um, one devotee wanted to study Ayurveda and Prabhupada was not really encouraging him yeah, I, that's okay but you know we have other other things to do and um, Prabhupada um, said about medicine in general he said whatever works Whatever works. Prabhupada was highly practical. <laughs> so in this case, a grain of maha maha prasad rice grain worked <laughs> for you. So that's very nice. Kishna, Kishna. Okay. Anything else? Yes. Um, I just. Yeah, I just wanted to express my gratitude for hearing you speak about uh, gardening and farming in the way that we should do, because mm -hmm. my main service here is in the garden. Yes. And um, yeah, it's something I feel very strongly about. And I also feel sometimes it's like the awareness of where our food and then our offering to Krishna comes from is lacking a bit within the devotee world. Yeah. So it's, it's so refreshing to hear you speak mm. on the subject. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I think it's it can be part of our meditation on prasad as we as we're taking prasadam just to ask ourselves where did this come from? Where did this food come from? 
And of course, ultimately, it comes from Krishna. But we can also be thinking, where does it, where did it come from? But in between, what were the stations uh, of this uh, substance, this foods uh, coming and then being prepared, and so on? It's part. It can be very nice to have that reflection. Yeah. Ah. On the question of our um, evolving relationship with prasadam mm. throughout our life, physically and our devotional life, because obviously our, most of us remember our first prasadam, and I mean, I think it was a few times it shut me up for about an hour. I was just thinking, what was that? What was that? What was just. And I was thinking in relation to the whole... Part of it was intoxication on so much sugar and juice. (laughs) (laughs) But I I was thinking we all know our relationship with Prashadam changes. One, our bodies change, it gets older. (laughs) There's a natural evolution there. Mm -hmm. But I also know that appreciation is definitely... I think question not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look at Bisharam with a very different eye now than I did then. I was like so excited, give me anything. Now I'm like, hmm, look at, hmm, that's not done right. Hmm, no. <laughs> and especially how, yes, as a cook or as a devotee, we all get, our critical tendency seems to increase. Ah. And I'm thinking, it, 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 could the same parallel, because we say with the holy name, I always like this point from Rinda Saruprabhu, that we start chanting on the Nama Bas stage, because we're so excited about the chanting, we're so open for it. Then we get familiar, and then we, we drop the Nam at Parad stage. Mm-hmm. Could it be the same with Prashadam? Mm-hmm. We actually start eating Prashadam on a very offenseless, offense-free stage, but yet later on we go Prashad. into Prashadam. Prashadabhasa. <laughs> Prashad yes. And then we turn into Prashad Aparad, because especially as a cook. Prashadabharad. Because <laughs> yeah. as a cook, I, I get, I find myself getting Quite sensitive devotees criticize Prashadam a lot, and, it's, and it seems to be quite a. We wouldn't like, we heard that about a devotee, so really can't say that about a devotee, but we do have a, a fairly relaxed culture about having heavy opinions about Prashadam, and therefore I wonder is it is justified to some degree, a lot of devotees, <laughs> and then some degree is it, is it have I lost something? Yeah. Good point, and uh, I think that's a whole seminar, <laughs> and I think you're the person to lead that seminar, <laughs> being the expert cook that you are, and having the direct experience from both sides, uh, as, as a cook, hearing devotees' responses, and yourself responding and experiencing Uh, But I think you bring up good points, um, and it's certainly something we want to be careful about, not to become prasad aparadis. Yes, one of my god-brothers, the late Gunagrahi Goswami, once composed the ten pizza (laughs) aparads. Anyway, Hare Krishna. So, thank you for bringing that up. Um, yes, Rick. Being on the subject, I've got some uh, Jackanath Prashad. Oh, <laughs> oh, 
Jagannath Prasadam you're bringing. Do you have enough for everyone? Do you have enough for everyone? <laughs> okay, thank you. No, not, not here, outside. Okay, so thank you all very much. Have a wonderful day today. And uh, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your attention. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai, Gaur Prem Rambo.